1: While the Pittsburgh Steelers continue their search for an offensive coordinator, there will be no search for a defensive coordinator because they've extended Terrell Austin. But was that the right move? We talk about that decision, the updated OC search, and a look at this weekend's playoff games all here in the North Shore Drive podcast. For the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Brian Batko. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batco. We are from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Read all our work at post gazette.com. Find this show, the North Shore Drive Podcast, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube by searching for Post Gazette Sports or the North Shore Drive Podcast itself. As always, the show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, check out one of their 500 different available beers. Do them to those beers from the local area, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap, and they're always bringing in new ones. Check out Mike's Beer Bar today. More on them later. Brian- Ryan, we'll get into the OC search in a bit. We talked about that a lot. We talked about it with Ray at the start of the week. We got Justin King, a former NFL cornerback, uh, in here to talk about it in the middle of the week. We'll we'll get to that in a little bit uh, because they have been making moves. But Terrell Lawson has signed a two-year extension with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll be back on on the staff. And there was an interesting, like, mixed response from, like, Steelers fans that I saw online because some people were just like, uh, why what why do we keep after hiring mediocre coordinators? And I was like, I'm sitting here like, wait a second, they've been a top 10 defense in his, both of his two years as defensive coordinator for the Steelers, including this year, where they finished sixth in scoring, and they have they were missing Make Fitzpatrick for like seven, eight games. They were missing Cam Hayward for six or seven games, they were missing half their line more, you know, most of their linebackers. Uh, you know, their safety room got depleted at the end of the season. I I don't know about you, Brian. I felt like Terrell Austin did an okay job this year. Not even okay. He did a good job this year at coordinator.
0: That's that's the word I was going to use, Chris. I was going to say he did a good job. And uh, you know, I get you could argue that his resume until he got to Pittsburgh was mediocre as an NFL sure. coordinator. He bounced around a decent amount. That's kind of the nomadic nature of the business. But he he's got some stops on his resume that didn't go his way. And yet, I think since he's been here, starting out as a senior defensive assistant and then taking the baton. From Keith Butler a couple years ago. I, I think he's. I think he's been respected by the the players. I think they like what he brings with his sort of secondary coach uh, mindset and the eyes that he has on things. He's he's got a great temperament about him around the facility too. I mean, you're you're down there a lot, Chris. He, he's he's sharp as far as all that goes. Yeah. I don't care how many yards my defense gives up. I really don't. To me, it's yeah. all about scoring, especially when the Steelers are sort of built to be a bend but don't break defense they're really good at making teams settle for field goals they're really good at being opportunistic and forcing teams out of the end zone in the red zone by creating turnovers and, and being disruptive uh in in that sense so yeah that to me is the most relevant statistic is sixth in scoring defense and I I get it you know are there up and coming defensive coordinators out there that the NFL gurus and the Steelers fan base would want them to take a look at. Sure. Did a lot of people think Brian Flores should not have been allowed to leave the building and, and go get a promotion. It's not like the Steelers could have kept him from getting a promotion right. over in Minnesota. Um, they would have had to to demote Terrell Austin essentially to make that happen. I, I just feel like this is one of those. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good situations. If you get rid of Terrell Austin, Who knows who you're going to replace him with. And I just don't think it's really a problem that needed
1: fixing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. The, the the defense's problem wasn't coordination or sk- schemes defense's issues at times this year was they got banged up at some at some and there were some games early on where they struggled you know they they struggled against the Niners they struggled against the Texans yeah, yeah you I are going to
0: get out schemes sometimes i mean there's there's no happened. team that last i checked nobody went undefeated in the NFL right. i'm i'm not excuse making you know the the playoff performances especially have been brutal but you know those those lapses predate Terrell Austin at this point. so and, and we know Mike Tomlin is very heavily involved in the defensive game planning and probably uh, a decent amount of the play calling as well. And maybe some people would point to, hey, remember um, what game was it when Minka Fitzpatrick was out and he suggested a call? Terrell Austin changed the call and went with what Minka suggested and it forced the game-sealing interception mm-hmm. I mean, are you really going to use that as a negative against the coach? You know, he he took input from a a good, smart player. And, yeah. uh, you know, they don't ask how. They ask how many at the end of the day. So, um, I don't really – again, I really don't see either the criticism in in terms of, uh, you know, they're just constantly getting put in, in mismatched situations. I mean, yes, it happens from time to time.
1: But you're to face, everybody.
0: Yeah, you're going to face good offensive minds. You're going to face – You're going to face offensive coordinators that are better than you, too. I'm I'm not also suggesting that Terrell Austin is the best defensive coordinator in the NFL or that Mike Tomlin is. But I just think that that's that's not really an area of the staff that you needed to look to upgrade this offseason.
1: I agree entirely. And also, like, you know, the whole idea that it's just Mike Tomlin's defense, Terrell Austin's a placeholder. He doesn't actually do anything. Who was Micah Fitzpatrick yelling at at the end of that Packers game? Was it Mike Tomlin or was it Terrell Austin? Like, I, again, like I just I think that th- that's another one of those myths out there. That sure, Mike Tomlin has a big hand in how the defense is constructed, but Terrell Austin is is a defensive coordinator. He act, is actually coordinating things. He's calling plays. He's doing the he's doing the, the traditional roles there. Uh, I, I also think it's interesting. Like, you look at these last two seasons. Again, sixth in scoring this year, tenth in scoring last year. This is without the Steelers big three ever really being a thing during that area. Like everyone's talking, well, oh, he, he has the, the, he has, you know, all pro guys last year, he the highest
0: paid defense,
1: the yeah. highest. All, all, exactly. And then, and it's, it's built up by the three all pro guys that make it the highest paid defense. But last year he missed TJ Watt. For about half the half half the season, and they still finished t- in the top ten. This year, he missed Mickey Fitzpatrick for about almost half the season. He missed Cam Hayward for the other half, uh, almost half of the season. And so, you never had the, the the trio that this entire defense was built around fully active for all but like more than two games. So, like I, again, if you're doing that on top of the practice squatters, they were just continuing to field at linebacker and safety. And and a defensive line that wasn't truly dominant when that's been the, the core of the past really good Steelers defenses. To me, like I don't I don't know what people are so mad about other than just to be mad about things.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're somebody who's like, hey, you haven't won a playoff game in seven years, you went ten and seven again, you got your your butts beat in the first round of the playoffs. Again, blow up everything, replace everybody, then Okay, you know, that's your prerogative, but I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna agree with that because I think when you look at it more critically, this team would not have gone ten and seven. They would have been better than that if the offense had been better. You know, they weren't really holding up their end of the bargain, hence their coordinator yeah. being fired midseason in unprecedented moves by the Steelers front office. So yeah, I mean it's just I, I think the defense did its part. It can always be better. They need to be better. Terrell Austin should strive to be better. This mm-hmm. offseason, don't rest on your laurels. Right. You're, you're going to add still work. Yeah. And, and maybe there's other staff changes that need to be made defensively. I'm, I'm not sitting here on a podcast trying to fire anybody, but has the defensive line shown a lot of growth over these last couple of years? Probably not. When you look at some of the young players like Isaiah Loudermilk and DeMarvin Leal, maybe misevaluations too, but, you know, at the same time, you, you need to try to coach up and develop guys. Um, you know, they did lose assistant secondary coach, Gerald Alexander, who's going to mm-hmm. be the uh, the head position coach for the secondary out with the Raiders in Vegas. So, hey, if you're Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin, y- use this as an opportunity to find. And, and I guess they did find a, a good young coach and Gerald Alexander who had NFL playing experience. Do that again. Bring in rising up and coming, uh, you know, potential defensive coordinator type candidates down the line in their careers to fill out this staff and make you better. Absolutely.
1: But let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. I know a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about the offense? And you made a point there. That's the group that was the biggest struggle this year that led to a lot of the losses. We'll talk about the update and the search there with a candidate that's now the first candidate to actually be interviewed in Thomas Brown. All that here and more on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bottle of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, it's right on it's right on the North Shore, right across from PNC struck PNC Park on Federal Street. When you walk in, Mike's Beer Bar has so many different things available to enjoy. One, they've over 20 televisions. So if you're there for a bit, if you want to wear there, go there to watch all all the different playoff games they're going to have that happen this weekend: NBA games, NHL games, pit basketball, whatever you, whatever you will, even Duquesne basketball. They will find a way to get it on the tube. They have it all there at Mike's Beer Bar. And you're enjoying one of 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are local. Any of those local beers are available on tap. And they have amazing food options like steak on a stone where you choose your choice cut of steak. It's brought to you on a heated stone that you just cut off a piece, press it into the stone, and you choose how well done you want every bite of your steak at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today. And when you, te- when you get there, tell them Chris sent you.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly.
1: We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Batko, talking all things Steelers here. Brian, let's go back to the offensive coordinator search. Now, we have discussed this week the reports that the Steelers were, uh, you know, the Steelers are going to bring in for an for an interview. Cliff Kingsbury was at one point this week. Zach Robinson were the first two. But uh, we now know that Thomas Brown has been brought in um, from the from the Carolina Panthers. He was th- their most recent Offensive of coordinator, Thomas Brown, uh for one year was their coordinator this past year, and it didn't go well. Uh, they had the second worst scoring offense in the NFL, the offense that gained the fewest yards in the NFL. And everyone's thinking, like, why would you talk to that guy? He was worse than Matt Canada. And listen, I kind of hear that. But when you look at Thomas Brown's resume, that was a tough year. If you if you talk to anyone that knows anything about the Panthers. Thomas Brown kind of didn't always just have the play calling. It was a very disorganized mess in Carolina that was outside of his control. He's also a Sean McVeighite. He he, he got his start in the NFL after working in college for several years. Uh, he became a running backs coach for the Rams, then became an assistant head coach with the running backs then assistant head coach with the tight ends, and then got this job at offensive coordinator and he'll be 38 next year. What's your opinion on Thomas Brown? Is he a real candidate? And if he is, what, what is there a mayor here? Do you think this would be a mistake?
0: Well, he's not somebody that was on my radar, to be right quite honest with you. I mean, I threw out 25 names of varying degrees of realistic, uh, early this week, and include and, and they were all people with former NFL offensive coordinator experience, sort of based on Mike Tomlin's stated preference. There, I even had a section of uh guys who are current NFL offensive coordinators, technically the lateral movers of the group. And I listed five names there and Thomas Brown was not in it because Mike Tomlin also said that he he would prefer to have a guy with quarterback developing experience. That's not really in Thomas Brown's resume. I'm not saying he can't do it. If you've been under Sean McVay for a long time, you probably know a little bit about how to talk to quarterbacks, but he's never coached them. So I think this is one that doesn't really seem to fit what the Steelers seem to be looking for, should be looking for right now in this position. If if you were to hire a guy like Thomas Brown, who's coached running backs and a little bit of tight ends, and like you said, his offensive coordinator, the, the, the first chance he's had to do that in the NFL, Frank Reich was the initial play caller for the Panthers. Then he turned it over to Thomas Brown. That lasted three games. Reich took it back. Reich got fired. Brown finished out the season doing it. So it was just a disjointed mess. Either yeah. way, it wouldn't fill you with a lot of confidence in terms of his ability to do that just yet. It would sort of be like a uh, Matt Canada round two um, in, in terms of just a, a mystery box of being an NFL play caller. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's the most dynamic candidate that they've talked well are rumored to be interested in at this point. You, everything I've read about him, heard about him, you watch any of his press conferences, he's impressive. He He's somebody who I think will be an NFL head coach, and he's gotten head coach interviews uh, in this cycle, uh, including mm-hmm. the Panthers. So um, I think he he could do that down the line somewhere, but I don't think he's really what I would be looking for for an offensive coordinator at this point.
1: Yeah, I feel you, and especially because a big part of what you want, like you said, is a guy who develops quarterbacks, a guy who specializes in working with – because this, this, this year, one of the objectives we had going into this past season was can the Steelers figure out if Kenny Pickett's the guy? And you know you can people can assume whatever they want. I don't think they figured that out because they're going to keep trying. They're going to try again with him because he he started what eleven games this year. They were seven and four. And he was and he only finished nine of them. Um, And uh, to me, like like if you're the, if you're the Steelers, you're like okay, let's go get a coordinator that we know has a good track record with working with quarterbacks with, you know, with knowing what it takes to be ready week in and week out and can set the room right to give him. And if, if Kenny Pickett can't succeed there, all right, you move on, you go, you, you kind of just take, take the next step here. But if you get an offensive coordinator, that doesn't specialize in that, then you need to find another guy, Who could take that job? And that's a little bit different of a hire, because, like, for example, you're looking at guys like Zach Robinson. Zach Robinson is a quarterback coach slash pass game coordinator. You know, Clint Kubiak, those guys, they're not going to take lateral movements. They want upward movements to get that job. If you want you want that guy to be your coordinator and then maybe bring in someone else that can help him. On along the lines of, you know, maybe another quarterback's coach, maybe maybe another guy you think will be a pass game coordinator. And that can be your other guy who's like from college
0: and is making his way up. And if it doesn't work out, whatever, you still got the OC who runs the room. And maybe they talked to Thomas Brown about that in the interview. Maybe he yeah. had some ideas about that if, if he were to get this job. And that to me is, I credit the Steelers for, you know, it looks like they're going to be casting a wider net this time around. There are a lot of reasons to bring people in For interviews, you know, even if you think, hey, it's probably not the guy that we're ultimately going to give this job to, but get to know somebody like Thomas Brown, who is a rising star, perhaps in this profession at only 38, Um, you know, get some bounce some ideas off of him. If you believe in his sort of his vision and how he is as a leader, uh, it doesn't hurt to have that guy in, in your Rolodex and maybe you learn about Zach Robinson from him too, since they work together in LA. I it's I just think it's a good thing that they are not uh doesn't seem like they're moving nearly as quickly as they did when they hired Matt Canada. I mean, the only other two people they interviewed that year were Pep Hamilton and Hugh Jackson and you know, I, I'm not saying this to, be, you know, speak out of turn. Uh they may have been brought in on their own merits for sure, but just factually they did also satisfy the requirements uh for interviewing minority candidates to be in accordance with the Rooney rule. So um, that that was a a process that very quickly went to Matt Canada. Talked to three people total, one of them being the guy who was already on their staff. Let's just uh, let's just be happy, I guess, that Mike Tomlin is um, you know shaking out some more trees this time around than he did in 2021.
1: You know, and if the Steelers want to cast that wider net, you know, one of the main names that everyone's talking about is Clint Kubiak. Clint Kubiak's getting ready for an NFC Championship game, so like you can still talk to him, though,
0: right? I mean, he has taken some interviews, Um, right? But yeah, this this search and you know, let's I guess mention we we are recording this on late Thursday morning, so I wouldn't say this search is moving rapidly or anything, but certainly more names could come out, things could change uh, by the time that you hear this. Um, So so far, three names. Sort of in the mix, uh, one definitely having interviewed Perr Jerry Dulac in the Steelers announcing, and Thomas Brown, and we we would assume somebody like Clint Kubiak or maybe even Brian Greasy from the Niners would get a look. But yeah, a little bit of a holding pattern right now for uh, for those two guys, being that their teams are still playing, and if there are any coordinator candidates from the Ravens, Lions, or Chiefs, um, you know they, they also are still involved.
1: Yeah, a uh, uh, one name from the Ravens is actually a former Steeler, T Martin, uh, the guy yeah. they drafted over Tom Brady back way back when out of Tennessee. Um, but he's he's been their quarterback's coach and he's done a really good job with Lamar Jackson, uh, a guy who's about to be an MVP, uh, you know, quarterback. He's another guy that could that could be in the mix. Um, it, it, do you have a favorite here? A, a, a just just some a bit, a name that you think rises above the others that you think you know if the Steelers have the opportunity they need to move heaven and earth to make that make him their offensive coordinator
0: move heaven and earth no but I mean I think of the of all the names that we just mentioned you know Zach Robinson does stand out I think having that McVeigh experience is um is something that's very intriguing working with QBs we all know how good McVeigh is and he's sort of been his right hand man here uh, in various roles over the last three or four years so even though he hasn't been the offensive coordinator in title yet for the Rams uh they've had him doing all sorts of different stuff probably preparing him for an opportunity like that whether it would be there or eventually elsewhere um I think he's kind of the right mix of uh of personality for the job and also you know scheme fit you know somebody like Clint Kubiak he's been in the chair you know highly schemed Kyle Shanahan offense would make a lot of sense I think to get the Steelers uh In a groove next season. Don't know how much gravitas he he would bring to a room that might need it right now. So those are all considerations. I guess if I had to choose one at this point, I like the Robinson idea, but there are plenty more names that that could and probably will get floated out at this point. So subject to change and uh you know, very, very early on in in the process, at least for for me doing uh, some research on all these guys.
1: Absolutely. There's still other names that might get that might get put out there, you know, Cliff Kingsbury
0: would be the most interesting, I think. Like from it a reporter and from a reporter and uh podcasting standpoint, uh that that would be it's not something I expect from the Steelers. I think no. he's probably going to cost a lot. Uh I think, you know, he would be bringing a vastly different system at least from what we've seen from him into Pittsburgh and that'd be a lot to overhaul in in one offseason when you Feel like you can win now so that one I don't think is gonna happen but uh sort of intriguing that uh, I think it was Peter King mentioned him on the fan earlier this week so uh yeah hey he's he's been there done that and he knows quarterbacks that that does uh fill two of Mike Tomlin's you yeah. know sort of pseudo prerequisites at this point.
1: That 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 he does, know quarterbacks, and I will be interesting to see what other names shake out there. We're going to keep an eye on this. We'll keep you updated here on the North Shore Drive podcast and all of our reporting with the Pittsburgh Post because on all the moves that happen, remember, we are recording this Thursday morning. So if something happens Thursday evening and it's a big name, you're like, why didn't you talk about that? That's why. Give us a break. But we got to talk about these playoff matchups. We'll do so in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Get you our predictions. Who goes to the Super Bowl? Stick with us. We'll tell you right after this Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Batko. We are going to shift from just talking about the Steelers to back to take a wider lens with the NFL. It's the conference championship weekend's. And it's the three seed versus the one seed in both conferences. The Kansas City Chiefs head to the Baltimore Ravens uh, for the Ravens hosting their first ever AFC championship game. It's hard to believe, Uh, isn't it? Right. When someone said it, I was like, nah. -ah," And I was like, oh, wait, I can't think of one. And they're absolutely right. That is hard to believe with all the success that franchise has had very similar to the Steelers since 2000. Um, And then, of course, in the NFC, the Detroit Lions at the San Francisco 49ers Um, really interesting two games here uh, just for the stances that these teams are on, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I think a lot of people left b- buried for dead uh, because their offense wasn't putting up you know, lights-out numbers this year, but their defense has played well, and Patrick Mahomes you know, once again showed he's the man in the playoffs in his last two games, so this shouldn't be a walk in the park. The Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites uh, at this point in the week, but the Niners, seven-point favorites over the Lions, and I get that. I, I want to ask you this. Before we get to the AFC, th- am I right in feeling like, like the Lions are – feel like a cinderella but they shouldn't be because they're a 12 and 5 team or is there something i'm missing here
0: no i i think you're right on that chris i mean i to me a lot of the doubts probably cast on jared goff with with mm-hmm. all of that and because you know you look at the roster around him the o-line studs running backs david montgomery and jameer gibbs i believe they both went over a thousand yards this year sam laporta has been a monster the rookie tight end Amon Ross St. Brown at wide receiver is super reliable. And then you look at their defense, you know, there, there's some question marks there. But up front, Aiden Hutchinson can can wreck a game with the best of them. So, yeah, I mean, it it does come down to Goff. I like what I've seen out of him, not just this season, but so far in the playoffs for sure. If if he can sort of, uh, you know, rise to the occasion, keep playing within the offense and making the throws that he has been, uh, I, I could see them pulling off the upset against the Niners for sure.
1: And heck, he's been here before. Like, like that's the yeah. other thing. This isn't. This isn't. There's a something to be stage. said for that. Yeah, I I think experience is a is a great teacher. And you know, he I I think he played he he played well enough in the NFC Championship game. He didn't play well in the Super Bowl. But hey, uh, Pittsburgh knows something about a guy, a quarterback not playing well in the Super Bowl and then
0: getting a second opportunity and playing really well in the next one. Um, and but, he seems very loose right now. No. I mean, you know, you you see any of the clips coming out of Detroit? Seems like a guy that is confident in in himself. And I'd be confident too. I guess if I had Ben Johnson calling the shots, I I picked him as the uh, NFL assistant of the year with my PFWA vote. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get a head coaching job this cycle, but I just think with everything he's done for that offense, you know, making Laporta look as good as he has as a rookie, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, he's good, but he was a fourth round pick. You know, you got to attribute at least some of that to scheme. And Mm -hmm. when you've got 2000 yard rushers, you are scheming some things up. On the offensive side of the ball, so yeah, I think that's going to be a a very good game, and I just I don't really know if Brock Purdy is uh, up to the challenge. We will see. Um, You know, we know he got knocked out last time around with the injury, so that's unfortunate. But hey, Aiden Hutchinson can get home too, so better uh, better keep him healthy, and uh, he better keep doing what he's done all season.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, That Lions defense has also been pretty pretty solid for the for, for the most part um you know they, they they didn't finish high up in uh in any rankings at 23rd and points allowed but they they have they have good components to it. Aiden Hutchinson is a bad man on the division Alex Anzalone has been a solid linebacker uh Kirby Brian Wilson, Branch
0: Brian Branch <sighs> is, has been a really good rookie
1: Yes, he has, but he's, he's been right up there with Joey Porter jr. As like two of the best rookie defensive backs in the NFL. Uh, maybe the two best rookie defensive backs in the NFL. Devin Witherspoon deserves. Yeah. De-
0: yeah, Witherspoon's really good too, but yeah, uh, that, th- um, those three have been awesome.
1: And Cam Sutton, and even though Cam Sutton's gotten torched a few times this year. Yeah. He's, but you, you could also see the, the veteran wiles that he brought with Pittsburgh with some of the savvy plays, including in their last playoff win. Um, so, I was going to say, I would
0: think the Lions would be an easy team for Steelers fans to root for. They've got Cam Sutton and Tyson Aluwalu both on that defense. And I think they were upstanding guys, never caused any uh, drama and, right. and helped the Steelers win a lot of games while they were in Pittsburgh.
1: And, and on top of that, like, They're the one team that I think that like you can look at. You have not there's no gripes if you're a long
0: long suffering franchise. Never won a Super Bowl. I mean, hey, the only hole I can poke in that is a lot of Lions fans are also Michigan football fans. And (laughs) you know, they've certainly got to have their cake and eat it too this season. But yeah, I mean, for those who aren't, uh definitely rooting for the Lions, just the the fan of the underdog in me.
1: Yeah, most years, uh, Lions fans can say who got it better than the bus, everybody. Uh, but in uh, but I I agree with you, the long suffering fans part, but also, like, you look around the league, uh, Steelers fans with the six ring lore talk, they don't want another team to get six, that's why they don't want the Niners to win. They're uh, people are becoming tired of Kansas City and the Chiefs and, and winning, and Patrick Mahomes winning, and look. I, I I I'm not. I'm just vastly impressed by it. Beaumonty Jones, uh, you know, on the right time said you're comparing to Michael Jordan. I'm like, you know, I mean, it's it's early, but like. he's a killer like him like he like the way that he just rips people's hearts out in the toughest moments I get that comparison so I I have admiration for him but you'd also like to see someone new but if you're a Steelers fan you definitely don't want to see the Ravens do it because they're your rival so that leaves you with very slim pickings and here is the Cinderella with the slipper in in the lines let's talk about the AFC game here uh we've done a lot of NFC talk so far Ravens Chiefs the, is this the year that Lamar Jackson proves that like, hey, it hasn't been me, but it's been the problem in the playoffs. This is the year. Or do you think the Chiefs are the team that's going to be if they're still? Yep. We're still top of the mountain. We're going to the Super Bowl. And everyone got has to beat us if they want a chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, anybody who wrote off the Chiefs when they were going through their stuff this season, I, I don't really know what you were thinking. And, and even now, Chris, I do get this as much as I like the Ravens and they've been my Super Bowl pick for a while just watching what the chiefs did against the bills and i know that the field goal ultimately is you know it it would have changed things had tyler bass not shanked that but i just because he did and because of sort of the swagger exuding from the chiefs post game locker room like i i just got this sneaking suspicion they're going to do it again they they're, they're going to find a way <laughs> Tra- travis Kelsey's going to run down the field and get wide open patrick mahomes is going to put the ball right on the money Ravens defenders are going to be looking at each other like, "What just happened?" And they're—I feel like they're going to find a way to, to win in Baltimore. I mean, it's going to be a very raucous environment. But the Chiefs have—you know—they've been through that. They just were, went through that in Buffalo um, for their what first uh, road playoff win under Mahomes, I think. So yeah, yeah, man, it's kind of the king stay the king sort of deal. Um, you know, my preseason Super Bowl pick was uh, for the AFC was the Chargers. We don't need to talk about that. My, t- my You picked team, the Chargers? I picked the Chargers, and I had the Eagles winning it all, so we definitely don't need to talk about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, now that I get, the, get a chance to reset and, like, give myself a lobotomy, I, I sort of have a – I have a bad feeling that the Chiefs are, are going to be the villains again. Now, I'm just so sick of them, honestly. Like, from a viewership perspective, I know a lot of our listeners and viewers hate the Ravens more, but – I'm just tired of seeing Mahomes and Kelsey on the big stage in the Super Bowl. I, I, I like variety. Variety the spice of life. Give me some new teams in there. Give me Ravens, Lions, and and I'll be happy with the Super Bowl
1: matchup. Ravens, Lions would be a very interesting Super Bowl. Very two Absolutely. different teams
0: yeah. that, that you don't think of.
1: The only thing you could hold over but the Lions. Gritty, gritty
0: team. teams, um, yes. kind of goofball coaches. That, that That'd be fun. Goofball coaches is right. Harbaugh, Harbaugh's
1: dancing is like, like okay. We we get it, guy. Dan Campbell bites kneecaps off. The only thing that you could really hold, if you're a Steelers fan, the only thing if you're sitting there is like, yeah, but Jerome Bettis got screwed by that <laughs> that coin toss back in '98. But in all seriousness, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think the Lions are the team that I, I feel like most Pittsburgh fans are rooting for, and most I think even most of the country. If you're not a Chiefs fan, a Niners fan, or a Ravens fan, you're like, give it to those guys. Like like I, I had friends, uh, you know. Yeah, I was hoping. The, the- I was
0: kind of hoping the Bills would would they find a way to meet the Lions. Those Lions would have been a too. perfect Super yeah. Bowl.
1: That would have been ideal. I, I have friends who were who have been diehard Lions fans for years, and I've sat with them through just miserable losses. Like, I, in the two games, like, the first time Aaron Rodgers hit the crazy Hail Mary on them, I was like, you guys won it. And they're like, nope, watch it. We're going to blow it. And there. And I was like, dang. And then the second time it happened, I was with my old man. And I'm like, and he's like, oh, I'm going to mark this up. The You know, the the, 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 the Lions beat him. I'm like, listen, Pops, I've been here before. Don't fall for this. And then. Aaron Rodgers did it again. It's just like, that's the pain and suffering the Lions have gone through for years. you want to see that. And it's like when, when people were rooting for the Pirates that had nothing to do with Pittsburgh. They're like, you know what? Th- those fans deserve some joy.
0: Two Post Gazette alums who I know love the Lions, Stephen Nesbitt and Mike Persak. Oh. Um, but they're also both Michigan men, so eh, it won't be that <laughs> sad. But I know they're really enjoying this run. And yeah, they, they they've been a likable, fun team to watch, I think.
1: So, so for the record, who are you picking to win? And uh, we'll even throw the lines in here. Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites, Niners seven-point favorites.
0: Um, I'm going to go Niners and Chiefs, uh, Lions cover, but I have a bad feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of red again.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of I – actually, I think the Ravens are going to win. Okay. I think the Ravens are gonna find a way to win at home. I think Lamar Jackson and that team, they they're a really balanced team. I think that's the way that you beat the Chiefs. Yeah, and it wouldn't I,
0: surprise I, me. I'm not like guaranteeing the right, Chiefs right. get it, get over the hump again, but I yeah, like I said. I can I, see it too. Like I guess I am the vibes I'm, I'm getting, the vibes I'm getting are that they are uh <laughs> they're they're finding their groove. I got a, a, a
1: rematch from the Super Bowl when the lights went out. Ravens Niners, they'll be the teams in there, but would be happy to see Ravens lines as well. He's Brian Batco. I'm Chris Carter, and this has been the North Shore Drive Podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks for tuning in. As always, read all of our work at post-gazette.com. Find us here on the North Shore Drive Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, as well as all of our daily content that comes out for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel for more. We're back Monday here in the North Shore Drive Podcast recapping what happened in the, happened in the playoffs and all the updates as far as what the Steelers have have made in their offensive coordinator search. We'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.